Bethpage and Bethany, at the place of the cow called Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples going to the village. Is that right? That's the one, is it? Going to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find, that t- find tied there a code that has never been written. I thought I'd read this until. Yeah, I read it, didn't I? It's all right, right. My, it's all right, my dear. I know you're, a, I know you're stressed. I'm, I'm, I'm used to the nine o'clock. Also, I'm used to the nine o'clock when it's sort of all proper. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Go stand on the naughty step. <laughs> Libby, bless you. Thank you. Can I just pray for you? Can Father, we just want to pray for Libby now. Lord, you know the things that have been going through her mind and her heart over this last week or so as she's looked at this scripture. And Father, we pray that you will just pour down your spirit upon her now and the words that she's already prepared, that you'll anoint so they can be real words that will challenge our hearts, that will lift us up and will take us on that one step further. Father, we bless her now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm used to having the reading followed by the sermon. Yeah. Okay. I'm not the vicar. (laughs) Last time I was here preaching, it was the first Sunday in Lent. And if you remember, I said that the church had been stripped away of its banners and everything, and we had been left with three pieces of visual aid. The scriptures, the Bible, the kneelers, and the cross. And then suddenly I discovered that having preached on the first Sunday in Lent, I'm due to preach again on the last Sunday in Lent. And I feel a bit like a bookend. But... Interestingly enough, I discovered as I was thinking about this over the last few weeks, we've been given another visual aid. This morning, every time everyone that came in was given a palm cross. And we're going to look at the palm cross today because as I've studied it over the past few days and weeks, it's been speaking to me in a way that it hasn't spoken before. You see, the first thing I look at when I look at the cross, the palm cross, first thing I think is, I've got three of these at least at home that I could have brought with me this morning. It's an event that we have every year. As a child in Sunday school, when I was a little girl, Sunday school anniversary was always on Palm Sunday. And it's one of those events in the church calendar where you can almost, at this point, switch off. Or, as I obviously had done while David was doing the lesson, a good illustration. (laughs) Because things become so familiar that we are suddenly aware that although it's been said, we haven't really been listening. Because we know that anyway. I remember some years ago listening to the Good Friday uh, lesson. And to my horror, realized that as they were reading it, my mind had wandered onto something to do with Easter Sunday and getting lunch ready. It's so familiar that we're no longer gripped by it. We're no longer gripped by the horror of what Jesus suffered on the cross. 
And we can look at Palm Sunday and what we've done has been amazingly uplifting. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself with the flag. But you can look at Palm Sunday and think that's it. We've done Palm Sunday. We've walked around church with a flag. We've all been given a palm cross. We've listened to what um, the preacher had to, to, the, to the reading. Let's go home. Well, this morning, I want us to try and forget that you know the ending of the story. Try and imagine <coughs> that you are one of the people in the crowd. And we know that it was a big crowd. Because when people were going up to Jerusalem for the Passover, we know by historical records that there must have been about two and a half million people. Now in Yorkshire, we would say it was throng on. Well, it was, wasn't it? It was throng on. So let's just pause for a minute and have a pray. Father, as we look at this familiar passage, as we look at this familiar piece of visual aid we've been given, I pray in Jesus' name that we would be able to put on one side any preconceived ideas, any perception that we have of what we know might happen at the end of Holy Week. And I pray, Lord, that we would be able to look at it again afresh, speak into our hearts something that we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, that's a good prayer to pray. When you come up to uh, the weekend and you've got Good Friday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter, Sunday, pray every time you come into church, Lord, show me something different on this day that I've never seen before. So we look at the palm cross. And the first thing that I noticed was that it was sandy colored, that it was dry, that it's a piece of frond and it's dried, it's no longer green. And if you'd gone to the beginning of that chapter that we were looking at in Luke's gospel, you would have found that Jesus and a lot of the people were on their way from Jericho. Now Jericho was 300 feet below sea level. And Jerusalem, where they were going to about 12 miles away, was 3,000 feet above sea level. And so it was a long, dry, dusty climb up the hill towards the top of the Mount of Olives. So that was the first thing that I noticed when I looked at my palm cross. And as they walked, they would tell each other stories. David's already said that they were encouraged to tell the Passover story to their children. And the children were encouraged to ask questions. Why do we do that? What's this all about? And Jesus, as we know, was a very good storyteller. And as the people were thronging around him, he told them the story about a king. Now, I'm not going to go into what it was because it isn't part of the brief today. But it was sufficient and suffice to say that the people would listen to that story with absolutely ears tingling because, again, it was part of their history. It was a, a, an actual incident that had taken place uh, many years earlier, and it had been passed down through generations of storytelling. But as always, at the end of the story, Jesus did a twist. All his parables had a different twist. And it was often that that people didn't get. And it was the same with this particular parable, this story that Jesus was telling. They didn't see the ending 
and they didn't really get what Jesus was talking about. What they heard was the story of the king. And they thought, Jesus is going to make his name. He's going to pronounce that he is king. He's going to let the people know. It was based on fact. And as they heard it, they decided that Jesus was going to declare himself as king. And as they went, they would sing to each other. They would sing the Psalms. They would sing the Psalms of Ascent. And they would sing the Psalms and they would tell stories and they would dance and they would hold hands and the children would go from one family to another. And when I look at it, I think I'm not surprised that Jesus got lost as a little boy in the throng that he went to when he went up to Jerusalem. And the excitement is tangible. We're going up to Jerusalem for the Passover. This is exciting. And this time it's going to be different because Jesus has already told us a parable about a king. Maybe this is when he's going to announce the fact that he is the king. He's going to deliver us from our oppressors. And they're going up to the top of Mount of Olives. Where in Zechariah we hear that the king will stand, the Messiah will stand on the Mount of Olives. But in actual fact, they got that wrong. And we'll look at that later. Jesus is with us. He's virtually declared himself as king. And now we're on top of the world. We've got to the top of the Mount of Olives. And there in front of us is Jerusalem on the hill opposite. And the sun shining. All is right with the world. Jesus is going to liberate us. Then I looked at my palm cross. And I thought, yeah, but it's Palm Sunday. And as David's already pointed out, Jesus said to his disciples, go to the village over there and you'll find a colt that's never been ridden. Bring it to me. Now, it was tradition in those days that if you were a royal emissary, you would go into the city where you were going to ride and you would send somebody in and you would say, go and commandeer a mount for me to ride into the city. So again, we've got a situation where Jesus is saying to his disciples, go and get a mount for me. He's certainly going into the city of Jerusalem as a king. He's sending us for the mount. And that's why people didn't think it was very strange to go and fetch his donkey. Because it was quite an acceptable thing to do if you were a dignitary. And so the disciples brought the cult to Jesus. But again, they'd got it wrong. Because they had looked at the wrong passage again in Scripture. They remembered. They heard Jesus was coming on a mount. But actually, Jesus was coming on the foal of a donkey who had, it had never been written. And if only they'd realized what the scripture was saying. Here he was, virtually declaring himself as king, and now he'd commandeered a donkey, and we're on the Mount of Olives. And the crescendo built up 
And the people were so convinced, the disciples were so convinced that this is what was happening, that they threw their coats on the ground. A lot of them were the only coats they've got for a donkey to walk on. And they took their fronds and they waved their fronds and they shouted. And as they shouted, they came to Psalm 118 as they were going along and they shouted, Hallelujah! Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus wept. Because they'd got it right, but they'd got it wrong. Jesus was not coming to be the king that they had expected him to be. And Jesus said, if only you had known what would bring you peace. People had bowed their knee to their expectations rather than to who Jesus actually was and what he was doing. By the end of the week, their expectations had been torn to shreds. And their expectations had gone from hallelujah to anger, to bitterness, to hatred, to crucify. If you look on the back of your cross, you'll see that there's a piece that comes out. We were left at the beginning of Lent with the word of God. Do you pick and choose your pieces of scripture that you want to hear and not hear what God is actually saying? We were left our kneelers. Do you bow the knee to your expectation of what Jesus is going to do rather than what he actually wants to do? But we have an empty cross. Because in actual fact, although at the beginning we said, let's try and not know what and forget what happens at the end of the week. We are post-resurrection people, and we know the cross stands empty to the sky. We also know one other truth. He's coming back! (laughs) And this time, every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Holy Week, look at your palm cross. Take the back out of the, out of the back and ask the Lord again. Lord, I asked you at the beginning of Lent, who am I bowing my knee to? Am I taking scripture out of context and bowing to a God that I perceive but is a God of my own making?
am I bowing the knee to Christ and whatever that may mean? Amen.